pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire here at Heart Seas Family Life Church is to see people grow and develop in their walk with God, for all to enter into His best for their lives. For more information in regards to the church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We pray that you will be blessed. Jesus. I want to talk tonight on something that really is going to be more of a discussion. I want your input tonight, too. And um, we're going to have a great time. We're going to talk about how do you see? How do you see today? If we were going to give you a test on how you see, the choices are do you see good? Do you see not so good? Or do you see nothing at all? So, how do you see? Do you see good? Do you see not good? Or do you see not at all? I want to begin tonight by just jumping straight into Scripture. If you would turn with me to Joshua chapter 2. And Joshua chapter 2, and it's in the beginning of the Bible. Go to Genesis and take a right turn, and you're going to be in Joshua in a few books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Right in there. And while you're turning there, I want to say, ladies, you did a phenomenal job on Sunday. I'm telling you, Kayla and, and Sarah, who led the praise and worship, and Sherry and Miss D. I'm going to start getting Miss D to introduce me when I preach every Sunday. I mean, how could you not preach good after that introduction? I'm like, wow. Now, I think I'd be scared to have Miss D introduce me because I would have to bring the goods every week. I mean, that was incredible. But ladies, you did phenomenal. And, and we're so glad that we were able to honor those of you who are mothers. And if you weren't here on Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to you. We honor you. Are you there? Judges chapter 2. Joshua, see, just testing you right there. Joshua chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. And the words say this, and said, and said to the men, this is Rahab, she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Verse 10, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea and when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Verse 11, As soon as we heard these things, say these things. As soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and the earth beneath. Here we're reading the words of Rahab, and I don't have time tonight to go into the background of the story, but briefly, two spies were sent in from the children of Israel to spy out Jericho. And when they came, they came to the house of Rahab. And as they were being hidden by Rahab, she shares with them these words. 
We read of in great detail what was happening in Jericho. What was taking place? She said terror had befallen that they were afraid of the children of Israel. She said we're really faint hearted. She said we've heard of what happened to Pharaoh and his army. We've heard of what you did to the kings of the Amorites. We have heard all these things. And this was her conclusion. She said we've heard so much that all our courage is left. All our courage is left. And then she said, because your God is so awesome and your God is absolutely all powerful. You see, that was the consensus of that city. That city that day, that's how everyone felt when it came to God's people, the children of Israel. So that's what was in the city. But can we step out of the city? Let's step out of the city to the camp of the children of Israel. You see, they saw Jericho in a different light. They saw Jericho as a fortified city. They saw Jericho as walls so thick that how could they possibly penetrate them? They saw the giants. They saw the armies. They saw the magnitude. They saw the obstacle. They saw that which was in their pathway to the point that they doubted whether they would ever make it into the land of promise. You see, they saw Jericho as a immovable mountain. And now they had seen it that way really for 40 years because did you know the children of Israel stood in the same place 40 years earlier? And that time they sent out 12 spies. But 10 spies says we're unable to take this city. We're unable to take this land. 10 spies said the cities are too strong. They're too fortified. Ten spies said the people are too big. The people are too strong. Ten spies saw the circumstances and saw the obstacles as bigger than what they were able to accomplish and able to achieve. Ten spies said there's no way, buddy. There's no way humanly possible that we can do this. I think it's so strange, isn't it, that God's people are looking and saying, no way. But then the enemy inside of the city is saying, way. The people inside the city are understanding And have more faith in God than God's children, the people outside of the city. Come on, you've got to hear this right now. How many times do we allow our circumstances to appear so big, so massive, so bad, that instead of hearing them for what they are, we choose to say there's no way. It's not going to happen. But if we would just listen... Our circumstances and our situations and the obstacles we face are literally knees knocking together because all faint, they are faint hearted, all courage has left because when they see you, they see you not as Daryl, not as Kelly, not as Bill, but they see you as a child of God Almighty and they see you as someone who has God on their side.
Inside of the city, there's fear, there's trembling. But outside the city, there's doubt, lack of faith. There's no way humanly that we can do this. The city saw the overwhelming ability and magnitude of God greater than God's children. Can I say this tonight? We've lost sight of who God is. Come on, we've lost sight. Hello, come on. We've truly lost sight of God and what He's able to do in our lives. Instead, we see the adversity and the obstacles bigger than our God. We see them as impossible, unachievable, not going to happen. Listen to this statement. It's sad when the enemy sees our God to be more powerful than how we see Him. Or how we regard Him. Listen to this statement. Jericho knew they didn't have a chance. But God's children failed to see it that way. Tonight I'm going to ask Trey to take a microphone and I'm going to come around and I'm going to ask you because I want us to discuss two thoughts tonight. Is that okay? Two thoughts along the lines. Here's the first thought that I want us to discuss tonight. And if you would, just wait till um, Trey comes. I've got another mic. Jennifer, perhaps you could help on that side. Can you help us over on this side so we can cover it all? But here's the first thought that I want to present to every one of us tonight. And that is this. Do you and I really realize what we have? Come on, let, me, let that sink in for a second. We stand up and confess we're children of God. We come to a church that believes in the power of God and the manifestation of God. We hold a Bible in our hands, which is God's instruction for life. We have all the pieces you would think together. But when it's all stripped away, do you and I really realize what we have? As children of God called with a promise, do we fully realize that tonight? Come on, who wants to respond first to that? Mr. Haas. You know, when you were talking about uh, the people in Jericho and, and how they had more faith or feared God more than maybe the children of Israel, I thought immediately of how the atheists in this country fear God more than we do. That's why they pulled down that cross that was up there. And that's why they want to get God out of the churches. They really, even though they claim there is no God, they're afraid of God. They're, they don't want the word of God to be spread. So actually, they really, in their heart, fear God, even though they claim there is no God. And, you know, with the atheists and everything they're trying to do to take off in God we trust, what Mr. Huss says is so true. They are not denying the fact that there is a God, but they're recognizing there is power in God, and that's why they're trying to remove his name from money, from those different things, because they realize that. Come on, do we really realize what we have? Come on, don't be super spiritual with me now. You know, sometimes we get super spiritual. Come on, let's just be downright honest tonight. Come on, do we really realize... Come on, anyone else want to say something? Come on, Roxanne. Come on, hurry up, quick, 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 quick. 
I guess this is going to apply to what you're saying. Um, I'm guilty of this too. So if I say it, when I say it, I'm guilty also. I think we come to church, and like you say, we you know we're we're so holy or whatever. We come to church and do all the right things, um, but unfortunately, when we walk out of the doors, we go about and carry about our daily normal routine, and probably not often, maybe even you know even having God in our thoughts or not um you know just going about just going about things and kind of leaving it here in the church it's true anyone else come on keep your hand up quickly over there line up just try go to the back can you go to the back and jennifer take that one come on help work with me ladies and gentlemen work with me i think that uh sometimes and i'm guilty too so if i say anything i say it to myself first um we really don't um, have that spiritual relationship like we should with God. And we, we are children of God, but we don't really have that true spiritual worship, worship relationship with him. Some of your friends may see it in you, and I'm going to share this with you all. Um, I have stories, but I'm not going to share my stories with you tonight because I don't think you really can handle the stories that I have. They're just that deep. Okay, but I was going through something. And now, what I just said, that may have offended someone, but it's real. You may not be able to understand my story or have compassion or just to even really understand what I have gone through. You might go, oh, okay, well, you know, she just went through something. No, it's more than that. And just like the pastor was saying, you know, people are hurting in the world, and they're, they're looking and searching for a church to come to. And us in the church do not have that true spiritual relationship with God, so we cannot handle someone that's going to come into the church and start cussing because they're angry with God. We, got, we, we may go through the motions, oh, let's help them, let's help them, but when actuality, we get out the door and say, did you see that crazy man come up in there? Oh, Lord, have mercy on him, but not really mean it. But let me sh- I'm go back, and I'm going to get his mic away. <laughs> <laughs> I was going through something, and a friend of mine, I was like, I just don't oh, baby, I don't know what to do. Okay. And she said, you know what? I look up to you. And I know what you have been through. And I know that God has brought you out. And I know that he will bring you out of this. And I'm sitting here, you know, I'm listening to her. She felt more uh, powerful about the situations that God had brought me out of than I did myself. And I did not know that she was looking at my life. That she was looking at my life because if I went through something, I always gave God the glory and the honor. And and those are things, you know, we don't know who's looking at our lives and that just done something for me. I said, if this lady can look to me and say, I know what God did in your life and I believe in God because of what he done for you, then why can't I have that true 
spiritual relationship with the God I know that can heal, you know, deliver, save. So that's awesome. Good, good, good. Miss Kay? I'm sorry. No, you're good. No, you're good. Don't apologize. That was good stuff. In looking at the question, I go back to the times when, which are quite often. Uh, Hold your mic up, can you, Miss Kay, please? Yeah. When I look at the question, I go back to the times when, or critical times with us, which are often, it's when, you know, you kind of have a, everything hits you at one time, and you immediately go into praise and worship and uh, spiritual warfare, and that, to me, is the Bible. You call on the name of the Lord and, you know, his promises and to me, that sometimes is two, three, four, you know, times a day. It's like a continual thing because, you know, it's in everything during the day that things happen with us anyway. That, you know, it's a kind of a dependency, and that's not a spiritual thing I'm talking about at all. It's just a way of life cool. that kind of it, it is. It's a way of, of survival, cool. you know. Anyone else? Miss D, you're right down the side. And listening to what Kay's just said, I, I think also uh, as Christians, especially Christians who've been in the church for a while, we learn what we should do. Come on. But when it comes time to put those learnings into action, we have a tendency to say or to believe not for the likes of me. Yeah. And even though you know what you need to do, to do I mean, as got a big surprise today and I'm thinking oh my gosh what am I going to do and then I, I should be saying I shouldn't be asking what I'm going to do because so many times God has delivered me and brought me back I should be looking at where he brought me from before and if he did it before he'll do it again but I don't see that because it's you thinking I can tell somebody else what to do but when it comes time for me yeah. to do it yeah. I, I can't walk that can't do the same thing I think we're all guilty of that aren't we if we would live the advice that we would give Come on. If we would live the advice that we would give, our lives would perhaps be a whole lot different. So do we really realize what we have? Uh, to the sister in the front, <laughs> what she was saying, uh, I heard this saying that uh, be careful about how you carry yourself because your life may be the only Bible someone else may read. Yeah. Uh, and um, what I had to say about it was my husband... And my son, my oldest son, uh, when problems arise, they literally pulling their hair out. And they look at me and they, they get angry with me because I'm so calm mm-hmm. and I'm not worried about it. Well, I, I have faith that God has done. And I keep remember, trying to remind them, do you remember this time when he did this? And do you remember when he did that? And you didn't even expect this. And whatever, trying to remind them of what his previous uh, things, his blessings he's poured out on us. And um, when the next problem comes, they're right back with the same thing. I have faith in God because I'm just as foolish. Mm -hmm. I've seen him do it in in the past. If I'm crazy, well, I'm crazy. I believe miracles happen today. Come on. I don't worry about my favorite scripture is Hebrew 13, 
5B and 6, which is, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, that ye may boldly say, Come on. the Lord is my helper. I shall not fear what man shall do unto me. Mm. I don't fear man or none of this stuff here as long as I got God. I know everything's going to be all right. But I ask your prayers for my husband and my whole family because I want my whole family to come come in. We're believing for that. We're believing for that. You know, there's a show on TV. I guess it was called The Antique Roadshow. Anyone remember that? My show, my age with that one. There's new shows that they have now. But people went along and they knew they had something of value. And most of the time they knew it was something of value because it was old. And they were like, because it's old, it's got to be worth something. And it's amazing how they will ask the person, well, what do you think it's worth? And most people say, you know, well, you know, it's it's probably worth maybe $500 to $1,000. And it always amazes you when someone tells them, well, actually, it's worth a little bit more than that. How about between 12 and 18 Gs, you know, 12 and 18,000? And, you know, their response and their reply, no matter what it is, is always the same. And that is that, wow, I knew I had something of value, but I never dreamed it was worth that much. I really think that's a good way tonight to sum up where we are with God. We can be as honest as we want Or we can lie as much as we want. But the reality is this. We possess something of such a greater value than we can even comprehend it to be. We know God's worthy. We know God's done miracles. We know God's done great things. We've heard that tonight. But I don't believe we've even scratched the surface of the magnitude and the greatness of what God is. Bill or Trey? Um. The last few days I've been listening to this new song that I have, that I downloaded, and for the sake of time I won't go into the whole meaning of the song, but basically it was talking about all the things that we've done, mistakes that we've made, things that have been done to us, that we forget what's been done for us. And that's Jesus dying on the cross. And it's really the same story, you know, the the same subject in that story that you just read, that the Israelites, they forgot what God had did for them. I mean, all these miracles that had taken place, and here they are at another obstacle, and they forgot what God had done in their lives. And just when me and Megan were talking a few nights ago, I was just telling her the the morning before I was ironing my clothes, and I was just, you know, just really praying, spending time with God, and I began to think, how much does God love me? You know, how much does He really love me? How much do I love Him? And God really put this in my heart that He would do it again. And I know that just, not that he would even ever have to go on the cross again, but do you know, like, all the punishment, the pain that he took, that I really believe in my heart that he would do it all again. And it's the same thing for us tonight when we go through situations, that we go through circumstances, not to forget that we have a Savior that loves us. And that no matter what we face, even as the the lady said that she's gone through stories and she has testimonies, And it is hard for other people to sometimes understand those. But, you know, God understands it more than anything. We can never forget and take our sights off of what God did for us. And that it's so much more than just a a cross. You know, how many times do we, we really forget and we really lose sight 
of the great sacrifice that's really been paid for us. And I know I sound like a broken record, but he would really do it again all over. I just want this to get into your spirit tonight because God really challenged me with this. Do we really realize what we have when we say we have Jesus? We could say, well, we have life. It's more than that. We have forgiveness. It's more than that. We have blessed. It's more than that. I want you to get into your spirit the fact. Because you see, when we get into our spirit the fact of what we really have, I believe we'll live a whole lot different. Come on. We'll talk a whole lot different. We'll walk a whole lot different. We'll be a whole lot different. And if we really believe that, then you couldn't get into this church. There'd be people beating down the walls trying to get in here. There wouldn't be a hospital in this city. There wouldn't be a demon in Louisiana and be safe. When we realize what we have in Christ Jesus, you wouldn't see James. You wouldn't see Steve in a wheelchair. You'd see what God wanted this place to be, a miracle place. You'd see the signs and wonders that he himself promised. You'd see the greater things that we would do that he said we would do. We're not, you know, I'm not looking to do that, but Jesus himself said, these and greater things will you do in my name. When we realize the authority and the power that we have in the name of Jesus, this whole thing's going to change. And it's amazing. You see a lot of people say, oh, that's in a perfect world. But what do you think Jesus came to give us? I mean, he created, God created a perfect world. It was sin that made it imperfect. The only reason there's darkness is because of the absence of light. The only reason there's evil because of the absence of good. You've got to realize these things. They're a spin-off of what we should be and what we need to be. And like Bill said, it's so true. When we really realize what we have, we won't worry when our boss tells us tomorrow, clear your desk out at the end of the week. You have no job. Now in the natural, our man, our flesh man's going to turn around and say, oh, but you know what? We've got to ask ourselves, which man's ruling this body? Which one? Who am I looking to? Tommy Barnett said this at the conference that Josh and I were at the other night. He read that scripture, my God shall supply all you need. He talked about the needs that they have. He talked about how TBN and the network on television that Paul Crouch has said that he's never had a million dollar check given to him. He talked about how Joyce Myers has said that no one has ever given a million dollar check. Tommy Barnett said 20 people have walked up to me and given me a check for a million dollars. And he wasn't boasting and bragging. It's, it's all gone into his dream center in L.A. and everything that they do there. But what he was saying was this. He said, you've got to realize this. The bigger the need, the bigger the supply. And he said, the reality is every need you have is bigger than the people of your church. But it's not bigger than God. And we need to realize that so many times we're limited to make that move. Why? Because we don't have everything. And then there's that question between faith and, and common sense and doing all. But you know what? Sometimes I think we lag back too much and we're too ashamed. It's really time that we realize what we have. Just think for a second all the promises of God. Come on, shout out some promises of God. Come on, peace. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Eternal life. Joy. Salvation. Protection. It's coming from this side. What about this side? Are you all quiet? Come on, give me some promises. The pr- provision. Guidance. Freedom. Freedom. Strong tower. 
Love. Peace. Peace. Health. Health. Woo! Come on, this, this will preach tonight. Ha! These are the promises of God. Now, who do you think these promises are for? Who, who thinks they're for you? Come on. Come on. But why do we choose so often to live below that? Failing to realize. So let's really conclude thought one because I want to throw out thought two and it's a lot shorter than thought one. But here's the conclusion of thought one. Do we really realize? No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. Not even close. Not even close, and that's very sad. Satan doesn't almost have to do anything now. Satan can just sit back and watch us do the work for him. Because if we don't have the faith to believe, Satan doesn't even have to come against us because without faith, nothing will be accomplished. Come on now. We think that Satan's busier than ever. You know what? I think Satan's quieter than he's ever been before. Why? Because he's done his job and now people's minds are doing the rest. Come on, we're our worst enemies. We're the ones. Listen to this, okay? For 40 years, Jericho feared the day that the children of Israel would come back. You think about it. These words that we read that Rahab said... The Red Sea with Pharaoh was 40 years before this, but yet the hearts of the people were still faint. There was no courage in them. They still knew of that crew. For 40 years, Jericho lived in fear of Israel's return. But while Jericho lived in fear, the children of Israel lived in a wilderness. They could have marched straight in because of the fear of the people, and they knew who God was, they could have marched right in. But they didn't. Why? Because they didn't realize what they had. We better watch because our promises will go missed. We won't walk into our promises, but we'll find ourselves in a wilderness if we don't begin to realize what we have in God. Here's the second thought. What if we did realize? Or perhaps better said, what will happen when we do realize? Come on, someone talk to me. What's going to happen when we do realize what we have? Come on, what's going to happen when we begin to walk in the authority that we know we have in Christ? Come on, who's going to go? What's going to happen? Come on, what's going to happen? I think when we realize that, that it's going to usher in the coming of the Lord. Come on. Simple as that. When we realize that we are part of preparing for his return, and the only way we're going to do that is to do what he told us to do. Right. Make disciples of all nations, period. Cool. Anyone else? Come on. What's going to happen? Anyone over here? Go on, Miss Kay. I think we'll begin to walk. Go on, Kay. I think we'll begin to walk in peace, love, and joy, and that's going to draw... And lift up Jesus so all men will be drawn unto him, which will do what Bill said. I think we're going to be emboldened. We're going to have more courage and show more enthusiasm for the things of God. And it's going to be like a wildfire. Awesome. I like that. It's going to be a wildfire. Denise, come on, Jennifer, help me try. We won't need anyone to talk to us about tithing. 
Come on. <laughs> because we will live like the Christians in the Bible lived, the new Christians, where they sell everything to support each other, to witness for the Lord. So we're not worried about where anything's going to come from. As Jesus said, you know, the lilies of the field, how are they dressed? You know, I am a champion warrior. I could win the gold at the Olympics in worrying about stupid stuff. When I have no debt in my life, have a job, we have good health, all of those things. But when, when we really realize what we have, all of that will just seem so trivial that we could care less. I just absolutely care less. And, you know, I have a husband who lives like that a lot. He would give away his last penny. He's no more worried about where money's coming from tomorrow than anything in the world. It'll be there. Just, you know, just have faith. It's going to be there. The more money, and I can tell you if you don't tithe, that the more money you give to the church, the more we have been given. Well, I think that whenever we really know what God can do through us, we will be as Smith Wigglesworth. And he was a man that could, people were healed in his shadow. And I think that is what's going to happen whenever we really begin to step into what God has for us. I think we'll also do is Joshua because Joshua was one of the two spies that earlier on was that said we can take the land. And then what happened with this? He, he decided that he was still going to go and take the land. What we'll do then when we realize that is that we'll go and take what is rightfully ours through the Spirit. Anyone else? Go in, go in once. We cannot allow our circumstances, write down this, we cannot allow our circumstances to know what our promise doesn't. Think about that. We can't allow our circumstances to know how great our God is when we refuse to allow the promises that God has given to us to lay dormant. Come on. That our circumstances know more about our God than the promises that he has placed inside. That's a major breakdown if that's the case. You see, we've discussed tonight two thoughts. Do we really realize and what will happen when we realize? But how do we get from one to two? God didn't tell the children of Israel to practice more. God didn't tell the children of Israel to go out and do more hours of training on the battlefield. They knew that was their duty to already do those things just like it's our duty in our reading and in our study, in our church time and in praising and worshiping God. We know that. We all know the importance of being ready to fight in the spiritual sense and stand up for God. But here's the key. Here's the one thing that's going to get us from a place of maybe not realizing to a place of realizing and releasing, and that is faith. Faith. We need to pray every day that God would increase our faith. I read that book, as I was telling you about, with a secret to the strength of Smith Wigglesworth. And when I read it, I didn't expect to have one, two, three, four, five and apply those things to my life and go, wow, now I can be as powerful as Smith Wigglesworth. I didn't grab that book like that because I knew the secret of his strength. But you see, so many times we grab things like that and say, if I can just do this, this and this, then I'll have that. But the reality is just like the young boy who listened to a preacher quote scripture after scripture after scripture without opening his Bible. And the little boy went up to the preacher and said, man, I'd give everything to be able to quote the scriptures like you. And the preacher looked at him and said, would you? 
He said, because it's cost me everything to be able to quote the Scriptures like I do tonight. It's about faith. Can I give you a definition of faith tonight that you've maybe never heard before? And that is this. The ability to see through God's eyes. Faith is the ability to begin to see things through God's eyes. The ability to be able to see through God's eyes, not the way the enemy perceives you. Too often we see through our eyes and we see ourselves through the enemy's eyes and we'll see ourselves as grasshoppers. Come on, that's what the Bible says. We were like grasshoppers in their eyes. We must believe. We have been robbed in our minds before it can even become a reality in our lives. It's time that we know. It's time that we know that devils shake when you wake up in the morning. It's time that you realize that we walk past needs every day. That God has set up for divine appointments for us to have the faith to step out and believe and trust God. And say enough is enough. Smith Wigglesworth said the reason I would punch people when they had cancers in their stomachs, was not because I was punching the person. He said, but I was punching the devil himself that dared to dwell inside of that person. He said, I was taking out my aggression on him. Now, I'm not telling you to go around and start punching people, but if God leads you to, do it. That takes faith, doesn't it? That takes faith. Some people say stupidity, but that's because to some people, faith is stupidity. But when we're children of God, we'll realize That God does things in order and for a plan and for a purpose. And when we choose to live in His plan and His purpose, when we choose to have faith, I'm telling you, mountains will be moved with the smallest amount of faith. Come on, that's what He says. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be gone. It's amazing what can happen in our lives if we just believe. God's really challenged me with that. Do you really realize, Philip? You stand and preach it. Do you really realize it? Oh, God, I realize it till we have problems. Then we forget. And then we crawl back, as Trey said, and scramble back. Come on, when problems hit us, we need to stick our chests out and hold our heads high and say, come on, faith, ride. Let me see through your eyes. Because the enemy's a liar. He's a thief and he's a robber. And I'm saying he's stolen from us long Enough. Enough is enough. We need to realize Jericho is quaking. Jericho is terrified. Jericho is afraid. Why? Because they see the God that we serve. God help us to see. How do you see? Good? Not good? Or not at all? Would you stand with me tonight? Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just pray that God, people would be challenged tonight by your word. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, 
Put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Master.